For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow, then it's done for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Stop for the record, for the record, for the for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. Sandy Jessamine's story is a confronting and powerful story of abuse and redemption. In this moment of redemption, we hear some of the incredible story. Warning, some of the themes in this chat might be triggering. I won't go into the second escape because it, I mean, I won't go with yeah, the other escapes because they're pretty horrific. Okay. But I got out. I survived Kambala. I came out of it and I was no longer this naive little girl with long blonde plaits. So I, mm. I was this pretty streetwise. Yeah, definitely streetwise. But I still had um a part of me that shoplifted when I got out. And ironically I got caught again. I was living with this Aboriginal woman. This is this is the Sandy I was trying to describe in there. Yeah. I rock up in court shoplifting i've just got out of this home i'm in jeans a sloppy joe um he magistrate sentenced me remanded me into custody my aboriginal uh, flatmate she was just lovely i mean so this this is the same wonderful indigenous woman that was looking after you and and looking out for you that whole period so yeah. Not yeah, so, so. When you she, speak of of her, you're speaking of this wonderful woman that had been a part of your journey, I guess. Yeah, through who, you know, been this massive support. So she bailed me out, and she said, "Sandy, you've got to get it together, or you're going to go back to that place because it was impulsive." So I went, "Okay." So I start looking for work in the city. Land a job in a solicitor's office in Martin Place, you know, at Mail Girl. But so I'm suddenly, so I get a job. I'm the Mail Girl in a solicitor's office, buy myself a suit, got them to write a reference. They didn't know it was for a magistrate. Rock back in court a month later and I'm in my suit and I'm working for a solicitor. I had no idea. <laughs> See, that's streetwise right there. That's thinking. Thinking on your feet. That's clever. I I like that. That's (laughs) when had a job. Went from escapee (laughs) and no trouble person to working in a solicitor's firm getting a reference. (laughs) That's gold, Sandy. I I, I rate that highly. That's probably one of the best that I've heard. And I've heard some (laughs) bloody good stories on the clink, I can tell you. That's a good one. Uh, And so that was the end. Never got... um, Locked up again. Wow. Why I didn't plan to work in prison, so I'd never planned to Well, this this is the funny thing. Well, it's not funny, actually. Did you stay in and around the law firms? Like, is that what sort of... No, no. Paid off my fine fine at 16. (laughs) Went to Wagga, visited my family for a couple of months and spent a year hitching hitchhiking around Australia by myself, working at roadhouses, going on prawn trawlers. How good's that? I mean, I had no fear of being on the highway by myself. 
compared to being locked up with a pack of girls yeah. who hated me and yeah. being in a cell beaten by police didn't matter if it was midnight yeah. and I was I can understand. Yeah. I'd, I developed streetwise what cars to get in. I got work easily. I was presentable. I, I worked in Criterion Pub in Perth, lied about my age, said I was 18. You were quite so, smart, weren't you? Like all jokes aside, you were quite an intelligent young woman. You know, yeah. this is. I listen to how you're telling your story, and it, it takes someone with half a bit of nous to be able to do the things or think in the way that you you did. You know, to to get yourself where you needed to be and just you know survival daily. Uh, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a sip of water. Yeah. At at my core, I think there was a survivor, and I was aware because mentally I could tip over the edge. I was aware of not going near the edge. And the year I hitchhiked around Australia, it was wonderful. I was up on Darwin in a um, commune, and there was travellers from all over the world. So it broadened, really broadened. Um, my outlook in a way. Yeah, yeah. I was independent and then I got pregnant. That changed it, but yeah. yeah. When you say you got pregnant, if I may ask, how many children do you have? I've, I've got four. One daughter, like I said, died of yeah. a drug overdose yeah. in 215. Um, when my, I married someone who picked me up hitching, a Vietnam vet now, isn't that a great conversation? A kid who's been locked in institutions and has all this PTSD and a Vietnam vet who brings in his own PTSD and oh my experienced. Goodness. And how, how old were you now? What, were you 19, 20? 18. 18, yeah. And how, how old was he? He was 10 years older. Wow. So I've been hitching and... It ended up being a violent marriage that I yeah. escaped from. You, mar- you ended up marrying him? Ended up marrying him. We had wow. a couple of kids. We he was Catholic. He wanted them Christian Catholic, which uh. I didn't care. Like I said, my so we went up. We we're in a little town, and he said to the priest, "Can we get the kids christened?" The priest, who was later was pedophile, who hung himself. You'll find his oh, name. Oh, that's that's paper. a job well done. Yeah, ever thought of getting <laughs> Bravo married? Bravo to him. He yeah, he said, "Ever thought of being married?" And I said, oh, "I don't really care." So we got married one day and the kids christened the next. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, wow. Yeah, so I got out of that marriage at 24 and I had three kids. I took them all, but the oldest the little boy who was six at the time, I had to send him back, um, you know, through the court for holidays. And yeah. he just was never returned to me. And by then I'd moved into state and... All sorts of things. So I, he ended up raising my son. I raised them, um, the two girls, and later in another relationship, I've got a son with autism. I had okay. him when the youngest of those was fifteen. You went to university. Oh yeah, I got a master. As well degree. as raising children, and I don't want to be rude, but yeah. were you a single mum at that stage as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow. in housing in housing commission wow. and then working in needle exchanges. Um, Are you kidding me? No, no, no. I um, yeah, lived in Wollamaloo, housing state. Lived oh, in no, when it was rough as guts, Elga Street. Oh my God! In the eighties, that was a shock to the system. So I've left the hubby. I've got the two girls. Yeah, I wound up in women's refuges. Yep. 
had about a bulimia too around that time, I think, which never had again. So I wound up in a psych hospital for two months. My parents looked after the girls, came out of that and was fine, you know. Wound up in a women's refuge in Sydney, Elsie's, and this is the mid-80s, so I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Elsie's was run by feminist women. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brothers. You know, that's how I thought of it. Till then, I was in a little mining town, married, wearing mini skirts, and working at the workers' club. So I wind up in Elsie Women's Refuge, and suddenly, you know, women were saying, "Sandy, this DB is not." You know, they were actually really vocal about women's rights. So I was suddenly exposed to that feminist culture in my 20s and mm. must say it turned my life around because my young experiences and I'm telling this to a bloke but yeah you know so suddenly I'm in the women's refuge and I'm marching down the street two four six eight dead men don't rape you know and reclaim the night marches and you know <sighs> Had some yeah, but hang on, hang on. With with from your point of view and your story, with you know, absolute compassion for what you were saying. I mean, you're a survivor. Yeah. So you yeah. had every right to walk those streets and 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 you know proudly stand up and be know that you're supported by other women, feminists, whatever you will. You know, I think that's that's a really lovely thing that you were given that that connection to be able to voice instead of being you know that young little blonde lady or girl contained, you were able to finally speak out. Well, I was when I was raped on one of my escapes from Kambala, I had no voice. I didn't tell anyone yeah. because I thought I would be blamed because I, you know, had consensual sex with one boy and then was raped by an older man. And I, I actually, as a girl, I thought, well, who, you know, I walked into a house, men took my clothes, I've had sex with one and got raped. Um, can yeah. you imagine that going to court in a second? Yeah. So I shut up and I buried all this horrific terror and pain. Hear more in season five of The Clink. For the record, I'm done trying to make y'all comfortable. That's right. For the record, you ain't trying to grow any stuff for you. That's right. For the record, lab on me going all the way. All the way. For the record, ain't trying to link no time to waste. Stop calling. For the record. For the record, for the for the record, for the record, for the record, for the record.